2: dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
3: Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good.
0: But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano!
3: Huh? Oh! Gene, run!
0: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: It could happen here, uh, coming to you live from my room in chicago but but importantly we're we're, we're coming to you live and it could happen here central where the gamers have seized the pod it is me christopher and it is garrison hello fellow gamer hello <laughs> i'm in the
5: gaming trenches with my razor headset on looking into my uh nvidia powered viewfinder and i'm ready to continue on the fight
4: it's gonna be great we're talking about talking about gaming we're talking about the military we're talking about why the two of them crossing is extremely bad and uh with us to talk about this are two people who are uh, somewhat less clownish than we are <laughs> um this is katie and chris from gamers for peace which is a, a initiative of veterans for peace uh, wel- welcome to the show hello hey Hi.
6: thank you
7: I, I take offense at being called less clownish <laughs> than you guys I just, i'm just trying to live up to your standard
6: I'll have you know, I am very, very clownish and clumsy and all of those good things, and they trusted me with weapons.
4: (laughs) Oh, God. So, I guess starting out, uh, I I wanted to talk about, I guess, very generally, the 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 history of counter-recruitment, because this is something that's been going on in the U.S. military for, I mean, it really is, like... From from what I could tell, like about as long as there's been, you know, recruitment for the military, but I was wondering if we could start, I don't know, maybe, maybe around sort of the Vietnam era when you, when there's, you know, very, very serious and
7: intense sort of left-wing kind of recruitment, and then we can go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So coming out of uh, Vietnam, you have uh, Vietnam Veterans Against the War, forming uh and there's a massive pushback on uh the draft uh the anti-war movement is pretty much at its strongest and vietnam veterans against the war over time becomes a veteran for peace veterans for peace has a long legacy of sitting at the front of the anti-war movement peace movement participating in uh nuclear abolition work kind of recruitment work de-escalation work out of um Save our VA, helping veterans get assistance with uh, disability benefits and making sure that the the traumas that uh, veterans suffer and the communities of um, impacted by the military suffer are getting um, treatment for the care. Uh, deported veterans, because Vietnam vets served and then got deported, and that continues to this day. Uh, so v- Veterans for Peace had uh, a multi prong apo- approach to the anti-war efforts. Uh, in uh, the 2000s, around uh, 2007-ish, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Iraq Veterans Against the War, later known as Iraq, Afghanistan Veterans Against the War, comes along, and that's a new generation of veterans carrying along, built on the uh, legacy of Veterans for Peace and Vietnam Veterans Against the War. Um, you know, there's a long history of coffee shops, GI resistance, um, outreach, uh Doing work with veterans, trying conscientious objective, objective work, um, GI resistor work in in there, and there's a just a long legacy of just veterans sharing their experiences and coming back and really uh, wanting to make sure nobody else goes through that and making sure that they get the help they need and kind of slow that that beat of the war drum that seems to media seems to always be picking up, um, uh, and that's where we came in.
6: That's definitely a, a good way to put it. Now, um, especially born out of the pandemic, a lot of the recruiting had to move online. They they didn't really have if they wanted to keep rep- recruiting, they had to go online. And that's where a majority of the newest generation is. They are watching Twitch. Twitch had a viewership like uh, all, pretty much competing with Netflix streaming um, as of this summer. And I'm sure that hasn't really changed much. I'm sure it is just as popular um, and the audience for Twitch skews very young. So that's really what started to worry members of, of Veterans for Peace, like, okay, we might need to ramp up uh, Truth and in Recruitment um, initiatives, which is what Gamers for Peace came out of. Because the, the, the thing is, if you're forming a parasocial relationship with these younger kids by streaming and forming those relationships, getting them on Discord and talking to them, you're getting a one-sided view of what military service is about. And you are definitely not getting the uh imperialist informed viewpoint for sure um so veterans for peace kind of came out of that This like very insidious looking uh hidden and subtle way of of recruiting using the video games that have already historically been used for recruiting purposes so it's like a double (laughs) it's like a double whammy they got on us there
5: for those not inundated in the gamer warfare like we are um (laughs) how let's uh i think we should briefly describe what twitch is because i know a lot of people probably probably (laughs) isn't actually aware um, yeah (laughs) of uh of twitch Um, uh not as
6: aware as we are down in these trenches fighting (laughs) off the the cyber net stuff the bad metaphor Uh sorry
5: yeah Uh (laughs) uh-huh um yeah so i guess twitch is like a live streaming platform that is primarily used for live streaming uh people playing video games and people kind of develop their own like brands and like personalities and like parasocial relationships with an audience via them playing these games and kind of adding their commentary, you know, a variety of games. You know, sometimes it's like mostly chatting with people like inside like a group chat while playing a game, um, so, or you know, it's more focused on the game itself. It kind of varies, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's arguably the biggest live streaming platform. I think it was bought by Amazon a few years ago. Um, and yes there is a there is a, a US there's a, there's a few US like military uh, channels on on there that are actually like relatively popular um i guess the other thing to kind of get into for some background is like you mentioned you already kind of alluded to this but like the history of the US military using video games for propaganda because they've been they've been one of like the earliest funders of games for this reason i think getting into that history is like interesting um and something that some people are definitely aware of but a lot of times can get overlooked despite you know call of duty being the one of the biggest video game franchises in the
7: world yeah absolutely the um military's involvement in video game video game design using as recruitment using it primarily initially at first it was thought of as uh, a training tool and they started looking at it for training um if you think back to like early 90s doom the original doom had a mod released uh called the marine mod it was uh, a modification designed for the Marine Corps to use to train Marines in as early as the early 90s when doom was at its height and then then that grows from there uh you have first to fight uh what is it uh a game called first to fight features marine Corps uh, Marines in dress blues where you're tactically uh fighting a battle in in um, Which you never want to do. If you know
6: anything about the Marine Corps Blues, you do not want to be doing anything in those that isn't getting drunk.
7: Exactly. (laughs) Just drunk and dancing in blues (laughs) is all they're good for. Um, Yeah. So you have you have a first to fight and then it turns into Call of Duty, uh, America's Army, which uh, thankfully just got pulled down all its platform from its platform. That's a huge win. Uh, But the army started design getting into the development of video games uh, for training uh, and then got into it for as recruiting and America's army is a perfect highlight of that where they just flat out had recruitment posters and training things uh, in there with links to how to get to recruiters or get more information about joining the military, joining the army. Um, you have ARMA too. Uh, you could, you could argue and draw the line from Uh, military training simulators to PUBG underground which is one of the uh, most famous biggest uh, battle royale games which is where you get fortnite uh, out of so you can draw these lines straight from the military's involvement in designing training and recruitment materials to what our kids are playing the most these days
5: and really one of the most kind of sick factors of this is like how much games have been designed and pushed towards Basically, training people for um, like uh, I'm trying to think of the term, but like combat at a distance in terms of like drone like drone combat. There's just like they started just using Xbox controllers for some like drone missions. Like like it's like they're specifically looking at the pipeline of specifically young males who get into this type of gaming and trying everything they can to push them into a career where they just kill people in overseas countries using the same technology, using, you know, using video game controllers, using like, um, you know, um, operating systems very similar to what were being used in video games. I mean, like, in video games are a very effective propaganda tool. If you're thinking, like, okay, I mean, I just enjoy playing war games. It's not like, what's the, what's the big deal? I'm like, sure, like I also enjoy playing war games sometimes. They can be fun. Um, uh, you know, I, I like those like tactics based games, but these have been shown to be very effective at recruitment to the point that video game footage and video games were like one of ISIS's favorite recruitment and propaganda tactics as well. Like, this is it's a it's a thing. Like, it's not it's not just like. Oh, it's fine. Like, no, these, these things are actually kind of a problem.
6: Yeah. um, it, They are very effective in that manner as a recruiting tool. And there is a real synergy between uh, gaming developers and the DOD because of how effective, uh, you know, that recruiting can be or uh, that recruiting tool can be um, similar to movies. Uh, you know, the military entertainment complex is a, is a term yeah. thrown around a lot for good reason. You know, you have there is a black box of politics whenever yeah. you're watching a movie that pits <sighs> uh, yeah, some sort of power structure against whatever the villain is doing. There's there, there's always something there. And video games are not too different from that. You just have a little bit more say in where the story goes, but maybe not even. It depends on, on the development. But um. Um, there was an article in, in, in The Atlantic uh, that was it was actually like about a book um, from I think it's Dexter Thomas uh, Warplay. And it's all about uh video gaming and the 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 relationship with the military and they said the Pentagon avoids pitiful expensive efforts to create their own training simulators and developers get fat government checks so they can help fund these uh new games new virtual reality things under the uh, uh guise of it being a useful training tool for uh training in like virtual re- virtual reality environments which, it scares me already um and then game developers are like great i can get a government grant so even if this flops i st- we still got the money out of it that's not an uncommon phenomenon
5: yeah i mean in, in terms of like filmmaking yeah like there's been there's rules for like pentagon tr- contracts with fil- film studios particularly be like if you want to use you know u.s military equipment or personnel you need to follow these specific rules to portray the military in this light um which often do get followed just because people want to use the cool equipment and stuff. You know, I, I'm still angry mm-hmm. that my, that my beloved transformers got cucked by the U S military and all of their films. Um, <laughs> got and cooked. as a result, the <laughs> films are pretty, pretty bad. Um, yeah.
6: <laughs> I'll have, you know, they are film art. No, I'm sorry. I can't even keep it straight. Name. I w- I so. hope
5: I hope as a, as someone with, many many star scream action figures i i dream of one day of having good transformers movies <laughs>
7: <laughs> i mean but you like, got the 80s classic you,
5: you, have, the 80, you have the 80s classic. <laughs> classic um you've got uh you've got the touch um and the bumblebee film was okay but it's even still that one got cuck- that one got cucked by the military mm. pretty pretty severely
3: yes
1: fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
0: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
3: Jean. Eugene Fodor! Jean, we'll boot it!
0: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the
3: books, Gene, and the business. I understand now, it is a wise man who
0: a wiser woman. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: It's it's funny that you mentioned uh, ISIS using uh, yeah. video gaming. Uh, There's just a recent report came out. Uh, it's linked to the UN. I believe it's linked to the UN Council on uh, Counterterrorism or Office of Counterterrorism uh, talking about violent extremism in gaming uh the link between video games and violent extremism and what's really interesting is it's not so much that the video games themselves are the issue it's the gaming adjacent spaces it's the parasocial relationship development it's the meme and it's the what what we've what we've known in in the gaming world for a while is, as associated with like the behaviors and culture around gamergate and things things like that where we see this uh this toxic culture that um, is easy to cultivate inside these spaces and and be co-opted for more nefarious things, um, and that doesn't that's that doesn't mean that the military isn't banking or utilizing those same principles to to get its recruiting messages across. Uh, the military is another violent, extreme position, right? You're whether it's you're the the violent arm of capitalism and the state or, or uh, violent like domestic terrorists or something like that, you're still um, opting into or your position is still getting uh, mobilized towards potentially doing violence. And these gaming-adjacent spaces are make it really easy for recruiters of all sorts to be in there and uh, push people to more that side of things.
4: Yeah, One of the things I remember when I was like a teenager on Twitch was like, so I I watched just like a lot of Hearthstone streams, right? And this was like these were, you know, like completely mainline Hearthstone streams. And there was th- there was this artist who everyone called Kebab the German. And uh yeah, so it turns out that Ke- kebab the German was a mis- was like a a a shortening like abbreviation of his actual name, which was removed kebab. And this guy's stuff was just being played on like every major like like Twitch, like all the major Hearthstone streamers were just playing Remove Kebab songs, and it was like, and th- this this was just like what, like this is just what Twitch was in like 2014, 2015, and yeah, like there there's so much, like the 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 extent to which just this sort of like, I mean, just overtly fascist, like milieu would just seep into just like, you know, here's a bunch of people playing a card game, and and like it wasn't, it right. wasn't even like like. I mean, some of these streamers were like really reactionary. Like I've seen, I mean, like I've seen TFT streamers who like will like watch videos of like cops doing rate like raids on people's houses on stream. Like uh, you know, so like you have those people who are like really far yeah. right. But some of these people were just like I don't know, they're just I mean, a of, lot like, of them
5: are just regular people. like a yeah, lot of they're them just regular don't people. consider themselves extremists by any, yeah, any means yeah, or but, far but right, it, yeah.
4: But it's just sort right, of, but like, they culturally, laugh at the shock value yeah, well, yeah. even then, like some of them just like, I, I think with like like with 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 like uh, with Kabob, the Germans, like they just didn't know. like they just they just like didn't know what was going on. And so they were just, you know, spreading all of this stuff. And it was like it was it was horrifying,
6: yeah, absolutely. and actually, i'm I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, about a year ago, the the army eSports channel got in trouble because one of the streamers didn't catch on uh, to two it, there were two usernames that were explicitly white supremacists. One of them was, Um, six million was not enough. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, real, real gross. And I guess like just in the whole uh, idea of multitasking between playing a game, trying to interact with chat and trying to make sure you're you're on screen and, and all of those things... They didn't realize it or they willfully didn't realize it. I don't know which one and I'm not going to make a judgment either way, but they did. They had to shut down that stream. And I don't think they streamed for a couple of weeks after that. They had Jeez. to like reassess some some things because they're like, hey, uh, actively, you know, white supremacist people are on your stream. You should probably you should probably do something about that. <laughs> and- yeah, I
5: feel like if you're the U.S. military streaming on Twitch that someone's job should just be to prevent that from happening like
4: yeah, but...
6: Know, but like, know, they, they have the resources
4: yeah but it's like they 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 kind of have this problem though because Twitch has a there's a, there's a huge just like like core like a, a large enough base of Twitch users are just like fascist or like hard right wingers that do things like like there there's been a persistent problem on Twitch for for years now of like these hate raids yeah. It's like people doing mass raids on like anyone who's not white and anyone who's like not a, a cis white dude and just like hate raiding their channels and like spamming the chat with like slurs and stuff like that. And you know, when when that's you know, and that that's to a large extent, like yeah, like those those, those are the people like you know that that that's a large enough part of Twitch that like even 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 if you're like taking the most charitable thing, which is that the U.S. like the army is not overtly recruiting white supremacists, which like okay, but like even even if you give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Like that that's a large enough part of just what Twitch is. That Absolutely, they, they haven't incentive yeah, to turn a blind yeah, okay. eye.
6: And and radicalization, uh, specifically right wing and white nationalist radicalization in the military, is well studied and well established yep. as an existing phenomena. I knew someone personally who. Uh, got caught trying to smuggle weapons for a neo-Nazi group and that's all I'll say on that oh boy <laughs> yeah yeah no it is a thing yeah. and it hits really close it is definitely a phenomenon that happens in the military and um these paramilitary neo-Nazi groups actively recruit from people coming out in the military because yep. they have the trainings that they want yeah. and i mean i'm trying to figure out a way to tie this back to recruiting online but it like with all of this in mind it is very insidious that the target is explicitly young kids. And I am not saying that just to be like, oh, you know, because we've gotten a lot of we've gotten pushback with saying, well, the the military doesn't recruit kids. They can only sign up when they're 17. Like, no. First absolutely. of all, that is a kid.
5: That <laughs> is of complete all. bullshit. <laughs> yes. <It's> <laughs> legally <laughs> a child. <laughs> no,
6: it's, be, first it's, of all, that is a kid. <laughs> Second of all.
5: it's like the the thing is it's 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 just like grooming children that's like that's what it is like it
6: is it's the
5: same process
4: of grooming that's that's what's going on yeah one one of one of my best friends growing up like like this kid was my best friend for like a decade like i I met him in like first grade he was my friend for the entirety of school and then he got like because his parents sent him away to like uh one of one of those like uh like summer like like military school camp oh and he was just never the same afterwards and he's like a fascist now and yeah that's not surprising it sucks
6: yeah, like, it it that does suck. That yeah. there's not a better word for that. That that sucks. <laughs>
5: <laughs> because yeah, they can't sign up until they're 17. But that's not, the point isn't to convince 17 year olds. Mm-hmm. The points exactly. to, the points to ingrain this idea in them when they're like fucking 12 years old on the internet. And that is just what grooming is, right? Starting it when you're when they're young, so when they're old enough, they will be able to sign up for the thing. Like that's that's what the process is. And yeah. that's what, like, you know, military propaganda recruitment's been doing for a long time, but the, specifically the way it's being done on the internet around gaming is extra yeah. insidious.
6: It was literally, it is explicitly said by one of, um, uh, a recruiting officer, Dr. E. Casey Wardinsky, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but he literally said, we have to confront this question of, will we wait until they're 17, or will we start talking to them at age 12, 13, 14, 15? when they uh, form the set of things they were thinking about doing with their life, exactly. so literally saying we want to groom children is like, what-
5: yeah. <laughs> so I think now would be the time to kind of get into the countering side of things It's like, yeah. yes, this is a, this is a big problem as we've laid out in the past 20 minutes of um, what can we do about it?
7: Yeah. Uh, so what can we do about it? There's um, a good deal that we can do about it. Right. Um, we, we, Veterans for Peace, the Truth and Recruitment uh, uh, Working Group, came up with an idea for uh, the Gamers for Peace initiative concerned veterans and gamers and uh, and allies, because Veterans for Peace isn't just comprised of veterans themselves, it's also allies and accomplices, um, came together and started forming the, uh, an online community of our own, um, where we uh, have kind of developed uh, some four channels of change, this concept of four channels of change, Uh, One, do education, talking about uh, uh, sharing our experiences as veterans, talking about and unpacking uh, recruitment tactics and techniques, uh, start talking, being extremely vocal and raise awareness around the the recruitment techniques that we've already been talking about, right? Uh, Second, we're doing some mentorship and leadership stuff, uh, starting to develop uh, programs in local communities that offer alternatives to the economic draft, right? Like just throwing it back to, uh, where we started talking about coming out of Vietnam, it was already said that Sergeant Hard Times is the best recruiter and it posts posts the draft. So we went when we went to. An all volunteer force you have to have a reason to join and there, there's a thing called the economic draft and it's the impoverished conditions that many kids and people face that force them to go into the military right you don't have health care coming out of high school you're in an abusive home you're not talking to a guidance counselor and no college is coming to you. you don't know how to pay for college you don't know where what you're going to do because you're 18 and on your own and that's what we keep telling kids so you have the economic draft, which incurred gives an opportunity for recruiters to go, hey, this this program will solve everything, and what what people don't realize is what's being asked is, are you willing to kill for a Camaro? Are you willing to kill just to have a roof over your head? Are you willing to kill for Medicare? Right. So we we start to fo- focus on developing mentorship and leadership programs um, include helping kids and, and young adults get into college or find mutual aid programs within their communities, to start doing stuff locally because this the problem is pervasive, right? Not everybody needs to escape abuse of home and it's fine staying in their community, but doesn't know how to survive within the community because they don't have the resources there. And we also look at the What's going on in the world today, and and recognize that things must be done at a local level, um, and youth can be, be part of leading that change, right, in addressing some of the our world concerns. We ourselves uh, do direct actions. We go to a gaming conventions, speak out, try to actually do counter recruitment right where the recruiters are. Yeah. Uh, we we just did, it's uh, really pervasive
5: if you if you if you go to any kind of con or any kind of can mm. any kind of like game fest or whatever um you know c- comic cons there will always be multiple military re- recruitment booths there yeah. always um, like like navy uh, marines army national guard like all of them they, they, they will all all be there and it's not not my favorite thing to see
7: <laughs> no no and no and it's frustrating yeah board games aren't even safe right the the army esports team has a 40k team so if you play warhammer 40k they have a nationally or internationally ranked 40k team playing in in the major circuits um, you know what's
6: most insulting about that sorry chris yeah, <laughs> but what's most insulting about that um, and i know this because one of the streams that we do i host it is called ad slam because we started out as like roasting military recruitment ads, but it kind of morphed into just like general veteran and military depictions in media. And one of them was on the, or at least reference, the Army Esports uh, Warhammer 40K team. And you know how people will, like, take their figurines really seriously? They paint them. They look really cool. The Army, like, spray-painted them gold, and it's called it a day. And I'm like, really? You have all of these resources. You are using the recruiting budget, which is ridiculous and astronomical, and you, you spray-painted them gold? Are you kidding me? Come on. And it's just insulting. that <laughs> It was so low effort, but they still get the praise. Um a lot of people report like having positive viewpoints of the military after interacting with members of uh, you know the esports team or the booth or or whatever. So I'm I'm genuinely annoyed that it's also low effort on that matter, and they're still getting a positive response. <laughs> bothers me.
7: That's a a perfect highlight because being there on like the I hate using military terms nowadays, but being there boots on ground you know, uh, at, at these <laughs> conventions, <laughs> at these conventions uh, doing, providing truth and recruitment, right. Uh, talking about alternatives, uh, really just being there in front of recruiters and, and talking to the the people that they're targeting and family members, letting them know, like, Hey, we as veterans, right. Don't let this be what shapes your child's future or your future. Right. There's other opportunities for you um and and you know whether that's if you're into gaming start designing games right uh like there's there's so many opportunities within the gaming community that doesn't want to put you into the military pipeline also right so it's not the game's fault it's not like it's it's a tool yeah. that the state's using right now right um and then we're trying to form some our own esports teams also right so we can compete directly against them uh kick their ass in some of the tournaments that they host um you know, my, my dream is to see some Gamers for Peace jerseys getting awarded like some trophy next to the Army eSports team and just dunking on them. So uh, across all the all. The Even if we
6: days. lose, if we're up there, we still get to dunk on them. See, we had so much more fun. We don't have to go clean a barracks room after this. Like the, the ultimate goal being uh, us being able to provide tangible alternatives. So uh, a kid coming out of high school thinking like, well, I either go into a lot of debt to go to college or I join the military. If we can get um, not a hold of them, that seems predatory, but if we can talk to them or uh, our organization can provide that alternative and say, oh, well, you don't really have to do that. We have a scholarship program that we can offer you or we uh, can provide at, least, at the very least education about what they're really getting into so they can make a better informed decision. Because the, the main problem that I have with the way that recruiting works is that you are not getting a view of what life would actually be like. You are not getting a view of what you are fighting for. There's a whole lot of like these vague concepts that they tell you that you're fighting for and that you're supposed to feel great about doing, but none of those are real in practice. Liberty or protecting the homeland, none of that is what you're doing. You're helping Northrop Grumman create a profit, right? Like there's, uh, and so at least at the very least, someone who thinks that they have no other options and in this country, that might not be too far off, right? Right. We don't have a universal healthcare system. That was part of the reason why I joined the Marine Corps is that I knew I would get healthcare and I knew I would get money to go to college and not be in the student loan debt that I was in. So I'm definitely not alone in that. And um, if maybe we can even just provide a more holistic view of what decision that you're making, that would be considered a win to us. So that was my soapbox.
1: Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
7: Trying to push back on the most nefarious things that we're seeing, right? Whether that's games that are becoming way too train sim- training simulator. Uh, there's another campaign that Gamers for Peace worked on and Veterans for Peace worked on. But the platform six days uh, with CARE, the uh, mm. Council on American and Islamic Relations, uh, pushing back on a game called Six Days in Fallujah, which was delayed to quarter four of 2022 of this year. So we got it, it was pushed by a year, whether through our efforts or for whatever reason, but it was pushed by a year. Um, and this game is dubbed uh Arab Murder Simulator. Uh because, because it is. It is. Uh, we look at other games like Escape from Tarkov as as teaching fundamental skills uh through tried and true teaching methodologies for military skills. Um, you know, we were talking about counter-recruitment and truth in recruitment to give people an opportunity to make informed, have an informed decision about their participation in the war machine, but also we're trying to push back directly on the war machine and, and say, Hey, there's better uses of our money for, for as, as a government to take care of our people. There's a lot of fundamental things. There's the contributions to the climate crisis is uh, the military's number one impact, uh, impactor of the uh, on the climate. Uh, war is never green. You can't greenwash the military. Um, the, you know, we have, uh, just so much going on around all the ways that people don't realize that military is involved. We have the future of drone warfare, kill cloud technology, gaming technology and the military and militarism is so tightly wound right now that just pushing back and trying to parse those two things apart is one of the things that is most effective for counter recruitment. And also for mobilizing people to be like, Hey, we actually deserve better. Like get out of my gaming space And like, get me some food sovereignty, get me, get me like, let, let let me be part of my community, uh, get out of the gaming space and stop using what is fun and has actual educational value, mental health benefits, physical health benefits, communal impact, social impact, like this, this gaming tool, this gaming technology we have can be used for so much good, uh, but we need to disentangle the military's usage from it, and and stop framing our our time, our time and joy uh, that we enjoy with our friends and family uh, through this lens that the military forces us to view it through.
5: Because there are so many great games out there, like right? like we are in one of like right now, we have the most amount of games ever released, most amount of good games, like always being announced and released all the time. There's so many great stuff to play, and yeah, there's. Anything that can be done to push people away from stuff that kind of promotes this, you know, colonial imperialist kind of mindset, um, is great, right? Like that's why I kind of appreciate the cartoony aspects of Fortnite, even though I hate playing Fortnite and will never really do so. I still appreciate it as opposed to like the heavily militaristic kind of aesthetics that other, you know, similar battle royales show. Because um, I, I, because with 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 as many games out there as there is. Yeah, I think uh, any kind of attempts to push people away from the more problematic aspects of, you know, specifically shooting games uh, is great.
6: Yeah. And just noting that when you're playing these games, especially if they are relatively close to reality, um, understand the impact that you can have uh, by pointing out simply that your friend doesn't respawn in real life. Right. And also, keep in mind, if you are playing a game that is, that is close to a recent reality, that you could be playing through someone's actual trauma. So I'm not telling you not to play the games if they are. Uh, we've gone over a couple, like Squad uh, and and others that are, like, very, very realistic um, in, in their application. Just keep in mind when you're playing it that maybe look at it through that lens. Like, would how would you feel if you were playing through a game but it was the exact moment of, of your trauma. And I'm not even saying from the military side, I mean, from from the uh, uh, the people who were being bombed side, you know? So I just, just want to have more people be more mindful with what they consume and how. And again, I'm not telling you not to consume it, I'm just telling you to, to think a little bit about it and what that type of media can do while having that baggage onto it.
7: And there is a place for that's, and the military experience in gaming, right? Like when I was in, when I was deployed to Iraq, I took an Xbox 360 over there with me in, a, in the bottom of my sea bag and we had on Camp Fallujah, we had a, a local area network of Xboxes in all the camps, and we sat there and played Halo and and Gears of War, and when that dropped while I was there, right? Like that's how we stay in touch with each other. It's how we process like auditory things and, and, and our combat experiences, right? That's, that's valid sublimation and, and processing of, of our traumatic experience is a thing and games have that. And that's not a military exclusive thing or a veteran exclusive thing. That's for all communities. Um, But what we have to do is add context and nuance to when we're playing these games and go, oh, um, there's another side to this story. That's the local civilian that just had uh, a bomb cave in their ceiling. Right. Uh, there's there's these these instances where we remove removed that because we're so focused on the competitive nature instead of the storytelling in the full scope of what that game is allowing us to process. Um, and that's why I don't like I'm not blaming recruiters or blaming like coming up to uh, people in the military and going, you know, you're horrible. It's not the right thing. Hey, I was there. Right. I did six years in the Marine Corps and and, um, you know, instead of going hey you're a horrible person or things like that like we're trying to offer them them the recruiters and other military members community that go hey you're allowed to speak out against the things that you know are bullshit while you're in there because if i knew it was bullshit while i was in there and i couldn't speak out i didn't know i had a community to speak out to or with and we're trying to offer community to them um and that's beyond beyond just video games but that's drone operators and infantry guys and and people that are just fed up with what they see in a, a system that is supporting a crumbling infrastructure, right? Like um, you can only deploy so many times without developing either becoming completely dead on the inside or having developing some semblance of empathy that goes, Hey, deep down, I know something's wrong here. And I just don't know how to uh like, I don't know what that feeling is. Well, that feeling is, is just empathy for the human condition and not wanting to see people traumatized through war. Right. Um That, that, idea of us going into like even post 9-11 like immediate post 9-11 early on they had they went there with the right right idea i want to defend my community i want to be, be do do service right like i don't have another option yeah i'm an economic drafty but all in all i'm really here to help defend my people yeah it was
5: it right. was it was a genuine thought like it was a genuine idea right people you can very much disagree with like the intentionality the propaganda that like governments were doing to promote the war and the unjust reasons for that but for the but for the regular people right yeah the, it was it was it was genuine feelings that caused that to happen and overlooking that I think misses what makes the recruitment work yeah. you know if, if if you just look at all the people who join the military as being like oh they're just like bad people who want to kill you know brown people you're like that's you can think that, but that doesn't actually do anything to understand how recruitment actually works. And then if you can't do that, then you don't know how to actually counter it.
6: Right, exactly. If you are a veteran and you feel like we do, this whole thing was bullshit. You And that can be uh, an incredibly alienating experience. I've been there because it feels like uh, with the amount of veterans we saw, at the January 6th events, um, all the veterans that you see that get through to the right wing side of the culture war, just want to say that we see you you're not alone you are you are not crazy i promise you (laughs) we we are trying to build a community of people like that who understand it and promote healing through that community political education through that so that you can create resiliency within your community and as well as at least put a little bit of pressure on the uh military entertainment complex and the military recruiting apparatus
4: yeah uh, fuck the military (laughs) fuck war fuck war (laughs) yep it's truth. All right. Do you two have anything specific that you want to plug? Yes.
6: Uh, join our Discord. You uh, can yeah. find, if you search the Discord, you can uh, look up Gamers for Peace and you will see us. Uh, on Twitch, we are Veterans for Peace, all one word. And we stream several times a week uh, gaming content, content about um, different alternatives to military service, uh, content breaking down propaganda and recruiting uh, efforts. As well as other political education things, uh, sometimes it's just a random community game night as well. Um, actually, no, that's not random. Those are on Thursdays. So <laughs> go ahead, watch us there. Um, Chris, should I should, should we add anything?
7: I got something. Um, uh, the if if one of the first things you can do besides going to Discord and checking us out on Twitch, uh, we actually have an online can't, digital uh, direct action campaign going on. Uh, that we're pushing to allow content creators on Twitch as a platform to be able to opt out of military ads uh, on their channels. So that is our uh, campaign that we currently have ongoing. There's a petition. It is bit.ly slash Twitch military ad opt out is the URL. That'll take you right to the Twitch petition that uh, feedback through Twitch. Uh, We're looking to hit a thousand at least ASAP uh, on that petition, uh, to get some, get a response from Twitch and then go from there, allowing content creators to take ownership of their, of the, the ads and stuff that are on their channels, at least when it comes to military recruitment, uh, and then going from there. Uh, we also, uh, are doing actions and planning things constantly. So be on the lookout, join the discord, all that good stuff.
6: Oh, if you need help navigating that, I'm a mod in the Discord at Plantipa, she slash they, and you'll find me.
5: We'll uh, try to put that uh, link for the petition in the show notes so people can uh, find that with an an easy click.
8: Awesome.
6: Perfect.
4: All right. Well, uh, thank you two for joining us. We are It Could Happen Here at Happened Here Pod in the places. In the places. The places, you know? All Those
6: the places. places, they're all there.
5: <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. And yeah, uh, go play. I don't know Mario Kart Eight or something. You know, something, <laughs> something fun. I don't know. I, I enjoy, I enjoy the Mario Kart games as a, Thanks. as, as someone of my age, very, very, very integral <laughs> to my driving education. So yeah, go, go play Mario Kart Eight. <laughs> fuck war,
7: fuck war, fuck war. Not another generation
8: it could happen here is a production of cool zone media for more podcasts from cool zone media visit our website coolzonemedia.com or check us out on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts you can find sources for it could happen here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources thanks for listening
1: a new season of bridgerton is here
2: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
3: Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was we'll good!
0: But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze Americano!
3: Huh? Oh. Gene!